Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Forever his word is settled in heaven. Amen. What that is settled in heaven is going to settle you today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You believe that? God's word is going to come to you. The word which created everything is going to come. Hallelujah. Church, get excited. Amen. Because it is his word is going to come. It's going to settle. Say it is going to settle my life. Hallelujah. God is going to fix you again to your roots. Back to your roots. Amen. Say I'm the seed of Abraham. Say I'm the seed of Abraham. Show some excitement when you think about the promise that God has spoken over Abraham. Show some excitement. Just receive it. Say I'm the seed of Abraham. Say I'm the co-heir with Christ. Because Christ is the seed of Abraham. Know your roots. Know your roots. Hallelujah. Know your roots. Know who you are. Hallelujah. Amazing time of word and amazing time of worship. Hallelujah. Our God is a wonderful God. Amen. Like uh, how uh, Pastor said, some of us are of little strength today. But praise God that the word came prior, before, to, to, to shape us to prepare us so that even when we are weak, we know that we are mighty in his hands. Your smallest will become a clan. Hallelujah. I prophesy of this church. It's going to be a clan. Amen. Hallelujah. Mighty people are going to rise up from this place. Amen. Those who have the, the strength of God, the glory of God, and they will go out and shake the nations. Amen. That is the prophecy of this church. This is a sending church. We send people so that they will go out and shake the nations. Amen. Say, I'm the, I'm, I'm the child of Abraham. Say, I'm the seed of Abraham. Yes, let's read from Isaiah chapter 51 verses 1 and 2. Isaiah chapter 51 verses 1 and 2. All, everyone together. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who gave birth to you in pain. Remember what I ministered to you from this verse last time? Are you sure? Praise God. Hallelujah. I bless you with more retention power, the grace to retain his word. Amen. Last time when I ministered, we looked about Abraham and his faith. He contemplated his body as weak as dead. But faith resurrected Isaac. Hallelujah. Faith resurrected Isaac. Faith made Isaac come to existence. And if you will remember, I call that, uh, that, that sermon the language of God. What is that? What is the language of God? Faith. If you want to talk to God, you have to talk faith. Nothing else works. Amen. Amen. So, so by faith, Abraham, 100 years old Abraham, he brought forth Isaac. Abraham's faith obtained him his promise. Hallelujah. 
he obtained isaac through faith so we know god strengthened abraham and sarah and isaac was born yeah so let's read from genesis chapter 22 verses 1 to 14 genesis chapter 22 verses 1 to 14 Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him Abraham and he said here I am and he said God said take now your son your only son whom you love Isaac and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you God tested Abraham It's written that God tested Abraham. God tested Abraham not because he had any doubt in Abraham. God is not a god of temptation. The Bible says that he will never tempt anyone. He's a good god. If you are tempted, it is by your evil desires. Amen. But here the testing was done in order that Abraham will prove to himself that he is fit to be called as the father of nations. Hallelujah. Abraham was tested so that he himself will know that he is fit that he is worthy to be called as the father of believers. And God tested Abraham, the testing happened because the seed of Abraham. How many of you are here? The seed of Abraham. We can learn from our father. Amen. When we read 1 John chapter 4 verse 1. 1 chapter 4 verse 1. John the apostle with much love is addressing beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Bible says that God is a spirit. and today we heard we are born of god we are the seed of abraham we are the seed of jesus because our father is a spirit we are also spiritual being and if anything and everything about us is spiritual hallelujah everything everything that is happening in your life whatever you see whatever you feel it's spiritual like like how we have the holy spirit we learn from the scriptures that there are other kinds of spirits the bible warns us about the spirit of fear spirit of death spirit of deception spirit of jezebel spirit of python so on so on and so forth So that's why John with all his love is instructing us do not believe every spirit. That means every spirit is trying to influence the mind of people and trying to make them believe in something. Every spirit is trying to influence the mind of people and by influencing the spirit is, spirit is trying to make you believe in something. that's why it's written do not believe every spirit that means this other spirits they have power 
to make you believe something. So test the spirits, whether they are from God. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you getting it? So if your mind can be influenced, your senses can be influenced. When you give permission to the Holy Spirit, when you receive the mind of Christ, you believe the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit and the finished work of Jesus Christ. When you give access to another spirit, a spirit of fear, what happens? Whatever you look, wherever you look, the fear will come. And the spirit of fear can tune your belief system, what you believe in. So it is of utmost importance to test every spirit. That's why Apostle John is instructing us by the spirit not to believe every spirit, but to test every spirit. When, even when we consider our roots, Father Abraham, the ultimate test that he had to face was when God asked him to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. Did Abraham test every spirit? Did Abraham test every spirit? Why the church is silent today? Did Abraham, it's not a tricky question. By the outcome of it, you know whether Abraham tested every spirit. Did Abraham test every spirit when he went through this testing? Yes? Okay. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. What did God say to Abraham? Take now your son and go to the land of Moriah. Is the way God phrased that sentence? Is it? The, yeah. What did God say? Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, your only son whom you love so much. God stressed on every word. Your son, your only son, solitary son, whom you love so much. And if we look the Hebrew root word, it says to love. To love. He doesn't have anyone to love. Isaac is the only one whom he can love, to love. So God wanted to make sure that Abraham understood what God is demanding from him. That's why God stressed on these words. Your son, only son, whom you love. When you read this passage, tell me what God is intending to do with uh, Abraham. What God was intending to do with Abraham. Why did God stress on these words? What is getting triggered in Abraham? Can you help me? Your son, your only son, whom you love. What is getting triggered in Abraham? Abraham loved God. What is actually something is getting stirred up in Abraham's Fatherly love, okay. Obedience, okay. More than anything. 
yeah, yes, his son more than yes, he loved him so much. But something, something triggered, I'm looking for that word and I want the word to come from the church. In the natural, in the natural. Pain, okay. Can you just give me a synonym for pain, pain or sacrifice? Think, think, think. Doubt, okay. Doubt is there, yeah. Yeah, somebody said. Emotion. Different emotions. Think about your child. Asking God, God is asking you to do this. What is stirring up there? Your emotions. With, with every description, that means we read, your son, your only son, solitary son, whom you love, to love. With every description, his emotions are getting ruffled. The son of his old age. The promised heir. The evidence of the title, the father of the nation. The miracle baby. God is asking him, God, Abraham to sacrifice that son. So when it comes to Isaac, Abraham should be emotional, right? Yes, he should be very emotional. Yeah, I'm turning 40, but even when you talk about my children, that's something happening to me, right? Then think about Abraham. Isaac was born when he was 100 years old. Then think about his emotions and the promises. So what God is asking him to do is beyond human reasoning. To be frank, it's cruelty. Utter stupidity. Without any natural senses. God said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. This conversation happened. I believe this ha conversation happened during the night. Because when we read the next verse, it says that verse 3. So and this conversation happened during the night. And nothing much happened during that night. That's why the word three, verse 3 states that. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. It was like a normal morning for him. Abraham, who was supposed to be so emotionally attached to his son, did not take much time to get ready. He did not spend hours and days in prayer and fasting. He did not even doubt the voice of God. Have you ever thought about that? If Abraham entertained the question, what if I heard him right? What if I heard him wrong? Yes, thank you. He did not call the experts. He did not call the doctors for expert advice. I think he didn't even mention this to Sarah, the mother of Isaac. Otherwise, I think that it would have been prolonged. He didn't even consult with his wife. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. 
he saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Bible note is not giving us any proof that when he saddled his donkey, his hands shivered. Bible is not giving us any proof that when he called the two young, young men, his voice was troubled. Bible is not telling, giving us any proof that when he split that wood, the axe fell from his hand. But Abraham rose early in the morning. He did what he was commanded by God. Hallelujah. Yes. Even in this, this situation, when his emotions were like stirred up, he didn't even forget, not even a word God has told him. And then we read, on the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. On the third day. So, first day gone, second day gone, on the third day. That means Abraham and Isaac, they were on a journey for three days. And who is carrying this word? Abraham. Right? And I am sure Abraham remained calm. And composed, even these three days when he was with Isaac. So Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. What a statement was that? That shows who Abraham was. He was so sure that he will return. He will worship God and he will return with his son. That's why he's a father of faith. We will worship and we will return. Amen. But when we read, it is written, he already offered him. The moment God told him, he already offered Isaac. In his mind, it is done. Now only the spiritual, the, the physical activity is pending. So, three days, Abraham was with his son and the servants. And he didn't hint anything to his son or to the servants. So he said, you stay there, me and my boy will go and come back. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. So the intimate time between the father and the son. No one to distract. Both of them walked together to their destination. And Isaac broke the silence and told Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am my son. Look at Isaac's uh, salutation, intimacy with his father. My father. Sometimes we call our father, Appa. Very rare we call my Appa. But here see the intimacy with, between Isaac and Abraham. He addressed him, my father, and in turn addressed Abraham, told, called him, my son. Isaac asked him, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamp of, for the burnt offering? Apt question for the time, considering what was the intention of the journey. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamp for the burnt offering, my son. 
Hallelujah. God will provide. God will provide. Amen. God will provide. You don't need to be worried. God will provide. See the confidence in Abraham's answer. That's why he is the father of faith. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place of which God had called, told him. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. So everything is set for the sacrifice. The wood, the knife, the fire, the altar. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. And bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Hallelujah. That's why he's a father of faith. Abraham did not wait for an intervention from heaven. But he stretched out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. Immediate obedience. He knew that Isaac, God will not harm Isaac. He knew that. That's why he said, we will come back. But he didn't wait for that opportunity. Okay, wait. The angels might come now and intervene. But he was all ready. He took the knife and trying to slay his son. To slay the son. The ultimate sacrifice a father can ever offer up. Abraham did not cry. He did not do any emotional drama there. But he stretched out his hand to slay his one one and only begotten son. But the angel of the Lord called called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I, when I read this, I was literally, I was going with this emotion. And hope, I hope you could also, if you were paying attention, I know Holy Spirit is taking through this emotion so that he wants to tell you something. Amen. He wants to establish his word over you. So hope you could read the emotional scenes throughout this incident. Right from the conversation between God and Abraham. And we hope you could literally feel the emotions of the father's heart. Isaac was born to Abraham when he was 100 years old and he was the promised son, the miracle baby. But when Abraham faced this incident, he was not emotionally swayed, but he fully obeyed the Lord. Nothing could stand in the way of Abraham obeying the voice of the Lord. Amen. Holy Spirit wants to address to your emotions today. Say, my emotions. He wants to make you understand that your obedience to God must go beyond what your emotions can suggest. Your emotions is suggesting something, but God wants to shift that today. That's why Bible is telling us, warning us, test every spirit. Do not believe in every spirit. Here, when Abraham went through this incident, he tested every spirit and he did not believe in every spirit. 
I'm sure Abraham, if Abraham had allowed the emotions to master him, the spirit of fear, the spirit of death, the spirit of doubt, the spirit of uncertainty, the spirit of gloom, he would not have obeyed God. He would not have obeyed God this fast. Abraham had all the reasons to disobey God in this matter. Do you believe that? He had all the reasons to disobey God. If he had relied on his emotion or emotional attachment to his son, he would have never attained the title as the father of believers. Say emotions. How are your emotions doing today? How are your emotions doing today? Do you know, do you even know that your, emo, your emotions has a place in obedience? Have you ever wondered like that? Do you know that your emotions can influence your decision making? Even we look into the life of Jesus. The Bible shows that Jesus had to go through certain situations in life where he could be so emotional. He was rejected. He was provoked. He was alone. He was wrongly accused. He was physically harmed. He was denied. He was betrayed by his beloved disciple. In all these instances, we can see Jesus being not emotional, but he overcame and conquered. Amen? Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, I was, re I was reading that yesterday. Jesus said, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. He did not allow his emotions to take over, but he surrendered himself, his emotions to the Holy Spirit, to, to the will of his Father. And soon after that, he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I desire. Not my will, but your will be done. Then, when he surrendered his emotions, and when he opened himself for the will of God, then an angel of the Lord came and strengthened him. So the angels came and strengthened him. After, soon after that incident, in the same garden, Judas, one of God, Jesus' beloved disciples, he came to Jesus. So Jesus is looking at Judas, the one who was with him for the past three years, the one who traveled with him, the one who ate with him, drank with him, spent time with him, witnessed miracle signs and wonders. And Jesus, in fact, entrusted the money back to, money back to Judas. And Judas is coming and giving Jesus a kiss. He didn't even say that is Jesus. He came and just gave a kiss to Jesus, being emotional. At that, Jesus did not cry. He did not talk anything emotional, but his words were etched by the Spirit of God. You know what Jesus said? Friend, do what you have come for. Do your work. When we live in this world, we can be led by our emotions. And I want to know that, I want you to know that emotions are strong. 
Emotions are very strong and can be a stronghold in your life. When we are emotionally swayed, we might feel that the decisions that we are making is right. And we might have all the reasons to, to validate our decision. Why? We are pressed with the emotions. Many times, that's the time we make wrong decisions in life. That's why God is always instructing, transform your mind. Renew your mind. Without renewing your mind, you cannot take heavenly decisions, spiritual decisions. I, I'm going to prove that. Even when we consider the life of the prodigal son. So we learned about Abraham. We learned about Jesus. Like how they overcame the emotional baggage, the, emo, the, the emotions. Here on the other, other side, we can see the, the life of prodigal son. And he was living with his father and with his elder brother. And something triggered. We don't know what it is. Something triggered... And maybe some emotions, some feelings, so some perception change. He decided to go far away from his father. The decision to go away from his father was a wrong decision. The decision was the after effect of some emotions. And at that time he thought, I have money. If I go away from my father, I can do this. Maybe I can inherit that land. Maybe I can do this. Nobody is, is to uh, trouble me. Nobody is there to, um, what, is to counsel me. I can escape from my father. These were the emotions, I think. These were the emotions that made him take the decision. And he had all the valid reasons to support his decision. So the prodigal son went to a distant country so that the father cannot see him anymore. He went to a distant country. His emotions, his feelings, and his perception told him there's something better there. There's something better in the foreign land, in a distant land. And what happened finally? He squandered all his inheritance with his loose living. He lost everything, but he's still in his emotions. He lost everything, but he's still in his emotions. Finally, he ended up with the, with the swine, with the pigs, and started eating pigs' food. And when we read Luke chapter 15, verse 16, Luke chapter 15, verse 16, The prodigal son, he is so happy there. It's written in the word. The prodigal son would have gladly filled his stomach with pots with the swine where it, that the swine were eating. Now I want you to consider where his emotions and his perceptions took him to. He didn't receive a word from the Lord. His father didn't tell him to go to a distant place. Something triggered his emotions. That emotions and that feeling took him to a distant place. It dragged him away 
from his father and took him to the pigs. Say pigs. Say swine. And that made him eating like pigs. Living with pigs. And he was happy there. What a terrible condition. You know why this happened? Because he was out of his senses. So your emotions, feelings and perceptions gradually can take out of your senses. That's what happened to this prodigal son. And it can make you live like a pig. It will be difficult for you to come out from that condition. Because you think everything is fine in that place. What did the prodigal, prodigal son feel? He found everything fine. He thought, at least I have the swine's food. And the other people, they are dying due to famine. Hallelujah. So your emotions, your feelings bind your eyes from seeing the goodness in your father's house. Hallelujah. Your emotions, your feelings, your perception can blind your eyes from seeing the goodness in your father's house. And it can redirect your vision to pigs. Luke chapter 15 verse 17. Luke chapter 15 verse 17. But when, but when he came to his senses, but when he came to his senses, whose senses? His own senses. That means he was not working in his senses. When he came to his senses, he started to think sensibly. And can you put verse 18? Verse 18. So finally when the senses came back to him, he said, I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. The sign of repentance. Hallelujah. It's a sign of repentance. He wanted to go back to his roots. He wanted to go back to his father's heart. Even after he squandered everything. So when you are dragged by your emotions and feelings, you can go out of your mind. And you can be far from repentance. It is a very serious issue. Sometimes we take it lightly. Emotions, it is okay. Sometimes when we are moved with emotions, we say it is okay. It's for a, it is for a momentary thing. So I was telling you, when you are dragged by your emotions and feelings, you can go out of your mind and that can stay you away from repentance. And repentance will happen only when you come back to your senses. That's what, that's the power of emotions. It will gradually take you out of your senses. That's why Holy Spirit is telling us, reminding us, do not take any decision based on your emotions. Hallelujah. We were listening about Abraham. Abraham did not give heed to the emotions. Rather, he obeyed God. And he became the father of all believers. Jesus could have been swayed by his emotions and feelings. But he obeyed and became the savior of the whole world. Amen. And he became God exalted 
the name of Jesus. We heard that today also. God exalted the name of Jesus above every other name. On earth, in heaven, and on, under the earth. The name of Jesus was exalted because he overcame that emotions. Amen. Hallelujah. Here the prodigal son. He was literally swayed by his emotions and led his mind astray. And that made him a senseless man, made him like a pig. The emotions have the power to make you think that it is my son. It is my father. It is my grandmother. It is my friend. It's my job. Everything mine. I'm so attached. Who else is there? God is not really interested in your emotions. Hallelujah. God is not interested in your emotions. Do not think God's heart will melt when you talk emotionally. Do not think God's heart will melt when you cry emotionally. Faith moves God. Amen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hope you have the correct reason. I don't know what you're facing in your life, but I want to tell you. Do not let your emotions take authority. Gradually, it will make you a senseless man. You will go out of your senses and you will be like a pig. And we all know what happened to Esau. What happened to Esau? He sold his birthright for a ball of, for a meal, for a ball of vegetable soup. His hunger, which is, which is an emotion, right? His hunger, which is an emotion or feeling, made him to sell his birthright. He was out of his senses. And that forbid him repentance. What does the Bible say? Even when he sought for it with tears, he couldn't find repentance. So your emotions and your sense, senses is, connect, is connected. And your senses is connected with repentance. Repentance is not emotional, but it is spiritual. Hallelujah. If emotions were spiritual, you can see children of God everywhere. It is spiritual. God is not moved by emotions, but God is moved by your obedience, your faith. Your emotions do not substitute the truth in God's word. Hallelujah. Your emotions can never substitute the truth in God's word. Only God's word is truth. Amen. You cannot say it happened because of that I did like that. No. That's why John is asking us to do, say, test every spirit. Every spirit has the power to touch your emotion to your sense and make you believe in what that says, that spirit says. Because you are hurt, of the pain you carry, you might think that your decision is right. And you might have all the reason to go on with that decision. But it cannot substitute God's word. Are your de decisions based on your emotions? 
And I know one point or the other, we might have taken decision based on our emotions. If you can, and I'm sure God will remind you as the Spirit is working in this place, God will remind you if you have taken any decision based on emotions. Today, you settle it here. Otherwise, that can make you a senseless person. The emotion, the decisions that you took, is it based out of your past experience? You might think, you might say, I had that bad experience in that place because when I was there. So I'm not going to do that here. Or I'm not going to do that anymore. Even though it is according to God's word. Because of my experience taught me so. I've heard people like, telling like that. I learned that from that place. When I was that place, that hurt me. That experience was so terrible. So I made my mind that, that I, will do, I will not do that again. Even though what they were doing was God's plan and purpose over their life. Can I ask you, have you tested the spirit? Was the spirit of emotion or the spirit of, is the Holy Spirit? I was hurt by that person, so I will not trust anymore, anyone. That is my decision. Which spirit is prompting you? Holy Spirit or the spirit of hurt? I got disappointed by that family, so I will not get involved with them anymore, no matter what. Holy Spirit or spirit of disappointment? Last time I faced this problem, I failed. And I know that is not my calling. Holy Spirit or spirit of fear? Or spirit of failure? Yesterday, I took, I took this decision. Today, I'm taking another decision. Tomorrow, I'm going to take an entirely different decision. Regarding the same thing. Is it Holy Spirit or the spirit of confusion? Or spirit of instability? What I said, I know. I know we all experience this. We all experience this. And God wants to set us free. Even when I stand here, I can hear, I can see the Father heart of God. You might be struggling with some issue in your life. The solution is here. Do not sway by, the, by your emotion. Do what the word of God says. Amen. Your emotion might say, it happened like that. I experienced like that. I'm hurt by that person. I failed. But it is not according. That is spirit of fear. Spirit of hurt. Spirit of emotions. Spirit of feeling. But what does the Holy Spirit say? What does the word of God say? That's why in John chapter 4 verse 1 says, Do not believe every spirit. Do not believe your emotion. Your emotion is a spirit. Your, your feeling is a spirit. Your wrong perception is a spirit. The spirit of confusion, spirit of fear, spirit of instability. Test every spirit, whether, whether they are from God or not. Every spirit that is from God, 
testifies that Jesus is Lord. I want you to consider every decision that you have taken or you'll be taking now or you'll, you are taking now or you'll be taking tomorrow. Is it swayed by your emotions? Emotions are strong. It can be a stronghold in your life. It can be a stronghold in your life. But God is speaking to you. He knows whom he is speaking to. He knows his word and his word is falling on the right ground. Evaluate your decisions. Every decision that you took, does that come under the word of God? Is it aligning with the Holy Spirit? Or did you take any decision based out of your emotion? The gift of discernment. The gift of discernment. I hear the gift of discernment. This is a season. This is a time where God is going to fulfill. To bring that gift of discernment to the full measure. If you have listened to the word today. If you have given yourself to the word today. You will receive the gift of discernment. The fullest measure. Like how Jesus discerned the spirit. You will be able to discern the spirits. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Father. Thank you for your word. Father. Your word will come and fall in the right heart. And it will yield hundredfold. Father, I bless this congregation with your word a lot, Father. Father, if we have taken any decisions based on our emotions today, Father, we pray, Father, you reveal that to us so that we'll come back to our senses and we'll receive your forgiveness and we'll enjoy the goodness in the Father's house. The emotions will not take us take our, our, our senses but today we give access to the Holy Spirit and we receive the mind of Christ so that we will think right we will take decisions right the decisions that will please the Father's heart we want to be like our Father Abraham not emotionally swayed, we want to be like Jesus our Savior not emotionally saved not emotionally swayed Thank you for your instruction, Lord. You are children of God. So walk in the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.